Hey, I'm Fee and I'm happy you're here with me. If you've ever found yourself mentioning, I'm really good at unknotting jewelry. This podcast is for you. This is the Cotton Candy Clouds podcast. The place where we discuss anything under the moon, sun, stars, and clouds. Smorgasbord of topics with Marauder Theories. Who knows what we'll discuss here, okay? Song of the Day is Hell Yeah by Karook. And I wanted to start off with discussing the politic thing that's going on right now. But I'm glad that, you know, last week we voted. It was kind of disappointing. Georgia, the state of Georgia was not able to get their first black, first woman, first black woman governor like I would have hoped. But we moved through it. Um, I am, though, even more disappointed by the fact that there's going to be a runoff between <laughs> Warnock and Herschel Walker. And I'm just like, now, because if you listen to last week's podcast, I was so disgusted and utterly happy that I was hoping it'd be the end of these advertisements about these different candidates. but And these two in particular were the ones that were really just getting under my skin. And so now we have another round of those and I'm just, it's disappointing. I'm disgusted <laughs> because, you know, more than anything, to me, it's clear <clears throat> Raphael Warnock is a better candidate, um, number one. And number two, you know, just politics in general just pissed me off because it's clear that Herschel Walker was paid for He's a, you know, people pay <laughs> these different parties um, pay to have these different candidates run in elections to off throw the elections. You know, it's nothing new. It's been happening since the beginning of time, since the beginning of politics. But it's just like in this partic- this particular situation, it's like, yo, the white people that have voted for this man, Herschel Walker, clearly you know, just want to vote for him because he's a Republican. Because, you know, he's just not, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go to tangent, you know what I'm saying? But the man isn't right for the job. CT is real. And one day I will do an episode on CTE. But for now, just know it's very important you understand that when you get hit over the head a lot throughout your life or for a certain period of time in your life, the damage is irreparable, but it happens later on in your life. It it starts to manifest later on in your life. And, you know, he's, he's an example of that. So, you know, I hope that on December 6th, you know, my fellow Georgians, we can come together. We didn't come together for Stacey like I would have wanted, but we can come together on December 6th and, and make sense of this, you know, because I'm not really understanding even why he's there, but <laughs> let's move on. Anyway, so, you know, sometimes I hear critiques of movies and shows and I'm kind of flabbergasted because, well, to be fair, a friend of mine once said, you know, my critiques are still always positive, even when I don't like a movie or a television show. But in my defense and in my mind, I think, you know, cinema, which is a form of art at its core, it's something that should be internalized. And it's very, you know, 
the, the internalization is objective. Hold on, subjective? Objective. You know what? The way my brain working right now, because I need some food. What I'm trying to say is ultimately <laughs> TV shows and movies are the reason why there's so many is because there's something made for everybody. So, you know, I don't, I don't subscribe to just saying, oh, this is a horrible movie, unless it's just terrible unanimously, which can happen. But I just, I just feel like, you know, there's something for everybody. But anyway, what I'm leading up to is to start to say that I'm going to be adding <laughs> a movie or a TV show for the week or day I haven't really decided um, for the show, you know, for, for the podcast as a recommendation, because there's so many things that I'm looking at and I'm watching and I'm like, yo, I wish somebody else could see this because sometimes I'm not even, you know, as someone who I think has watched a lot of movies, watched a lot of TV shows, I haven't even, it has never come on my radar, you know? And I recently discovered, I think it was last year, like, wow, no, it was actually 2020 because it was during the pandemic and I was getting in touch with other shows and were just seeing what was out there more than what I had already seen. I'm like, damn, I I must not have been watching TV for years. I mean, I know when I went to college, you know, I wasn't watching that much TV, but goodness, I mean, it was so many years of great quality, juicy, wonderful TV shows that I had missed and it was because of the pandemic kind of opened my eyes and I kind of been never looking never looking back ever since. I've always been a movie buff, but I think I probably watch more TV at this point than anything. And so I'm going to be adding that and it's funny I should mention movies too because I swear to God, I have literally tried to watch John Wick 2 at least five times. And it's not because, and I never make it through, but it's not because it's a bad movie. It's because for some odd reason, every time I put it on, I'm distracted. Someone calls me. I need to do something. You know, I underestimated how sleepy I was. Something. And, of course, that means I haven't seen the third installment. And, you know, now, if you know, (laughs) John Wick 4 is coming out soon. It's like, Lord, when am I going to catch up, Jesus? Um, even this weekend, I tried to watch some of John Wick 2, and I had seen a, a lot of it, but just never finished it, still have not finished it, because I got to finish it so I can go to, I just can't just jump into the third one. So anyway, if you have Netflix, my suggestion for you is to watch The Center. If you like, you know, kind of mystery, if you like that lone detective type themed um movie or tv or whatever um definitely check out the center it's on netflix i think it's a show that's on usa so maybe it's still going on i don't know i don't have cable i don't watch live television because there's so much streaming stuff but if you have netflix watch the center i think it's good i actually (laughs) made a mistake and end up watching all three seasons so I've because I think a new season had dropped is what it was and you know how they do the little blurb or whatever on Netflix and so I was like oh my god I always wanted to watch his show so I didn't watch of course the fourth but it's kind of like a each season has its own theme that he's solving throughout 
the detective who's the main character and um I really enjoyed it so much so you know I mindlessly just watched all that even though I couldn't get through the damn John Whitlord but the center is good don't do like me and just watch it all together take some time you know do each season but that's going to be my suggestion for you to watch is the center so you know I love <laughs> that type of I'm a sucker for murder mysteries I am whether it's theatrical or documentary or whatever it is you know just true crime kind of stuff in general so this one you know you get that personality of the detective you get the 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 mystery that's going on you think you know who did it you don't really know but you might you know it's just really good the third season you know couldn't let you I, it was good in the fact that I really was like so angered by one of the characters but anyway watch the center on Netflix okay Word of the day is fustigate, F-U-S-T-I-G-A-T-E. It's a verb, and it means to criticize severely. Cudgel, now cudgel means to beat or cudgel. So I'm doing two words for today, okay? So cudgel is also a tool that's all, um, kind of hard or whatever used that can be used to beat something, but Either way, fustigate means harshly criticize, um, harshly beat. It's bad. <laughs> it's a verb. So, fustigate is the word for today, okay? And the quote of the day is, each of us must confront our own fears, must come face to face with them. How we handle our fears will determine where we go with the rest of our lives. To experience adventure or to be limited by the fear of it. That was a quote by Judy Bloom. First of all, if you are a woman who is listening to this podcast, hopefully you know Judy Bloom. But Judy Bloom is a famed adolescent writer. Um, she's written Are You There, God Is Me Market. Um, what else? The Fudge book, just different books anyway for <laughs> adolescent teen girls. But if you, you know, don't know who she is, I, I suggest you look her up. I think Judy Bloom is still alive. I think she would be in her 90s right now. But yes, wonderful person, I think. Great writer, I think. Look at her. So now y'all already know that book of the month was or is passing by Nella Larson. So remember I was telling you okay, on the last episode that we would discuss what passing is because passing itself is the theme of the book, but passing is also something that people have done in society, um, especially black people in this, in the nation of the U.S. And so just off top of my head, I guess I would define passing as identifying and living the life of a group of people that is not of your own as a way of upper mobility and increased opportunity. So you're not a part of the said group, but you engage and you place yourself within this group 
in such a way that no one can detect you're not a part of this group. And, you know, I don't know what Merriam-Webster is saying about it, but that's what it is. So for a black person, it would be, you know, what's the upper mobility even group? It would be white people. So for a black person, it would be someone who was so fair, hair was so straight, even though they had a black parent, that they could still pass on the other side. Um, They could pass as white. Um, And I know I've, oh, I looked up another definition of passing and it mentioned, because I honestly, I thought passing was just for race, but in general, because you don't have to be black to pass as white. You can be Indian, you can be Mexican, um, basically of a, of a nationality where the people are browner. You can be the lightest version of that people and pass as white to the point where people are saying, hey, you're white. You know, they're treating you as if you're white because there is a difference between the way people treat you based off of skin color, let's just be realistic. You know what I'm saying? But apparently, if I'm not mistaken, I did look it up and it said that you can it can be based off of um finances, like, you know, class, I guess. So almost <laughs> when it said class and I was kind of reminded of Aladdin, I guess, coming in and, you know, Jasmine thinking this man is some kind of a prince himself or something. You know, something like that. But class, um, oh, what else was it? Class, and it was something else that was weird that I thought was like, wow, you can pass and do that. But anyway, more than anything, though, in this reference, this is about race. So I always found this interesting because I'm like, yo, the fact that, so when it comes to black people passing as white, And just in general, if you're black, you know, within these, this could, because this concept was for a certain period of time. Now, hey, people can pass as white today, but it's not so taboo because it's like, girl, you know, black people still can walk through the front of a, a restaurant. They can sit in the front of a bus. Like there's no overt because there's still discrimination of black people there's no overt discrimination to where you would be trying to avoid that and you could try to fit in to upper to mobilize upperly or what i'm lowering my word choice but to to get better or to move in society you don't need to necessarily do that to be white per se so but in this context this was something that was happening in the 1800s you know in the early 1900s up until, well, I'm going to say the 70s. But the reason why I had to make it the topic, because I had, it was earlier this year, actually. Well, I shouldn't say this year per se, but it was last month. I was like, look, I don't know what I was doing. But I kept seeing these articles or whatever. And it was like, you know, oh, I found out that, you know, I was black or whatever. And so basically, and we've already talked about how the Ancestry.com, the 23andMe, these different DNA tests reveal so much when we were talking about how the girl found out she had multiple siblings. So these DNA tests have done so much for society, I tell you, because people have been doing them and been finding out 
also how much of a percentage they have of a certain race. And so I have been finding many articles. I don't know what was going on last month, but many articles of these people finding out, yo, I'm, you know, 7% African or whatever. And I shouldn't say whatever, but 7% African or, you know, um, even some higher, um, you know, 20% sub-Saharan African. And then everybody's like, well, what's going on with that in their gene pool? And then they start, you know, looking at pictures and start talking and asking questions within their family. And they find out, yo, my granddad was black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And black in the terms of, by the way, one parent is black. Because for a long time, again, something else, because this has become a thing where it's like, are you black, are you not? But back in the day, all you needed was, what was it, one-fourth black to be black? But basically back in the day, if you had a white parent and a black parent, you were just completely black. There was no such thing as recognizing that white side. But passing, when you looked the part of a white person, you were able to live and, and fellowship and go up in society because you were looking white. You were passing. And so this concept is wild because now in 2022, and really I would say it started probably when those DNA tests first started hitting, people were able to find out like, yo, pe- passing basically became more of something people were interested in because it's like, yo, obviously my family member was passing because there has to be a certain point where the the person was passing and they were socializing and being romantic with people of that opposite race, technically. So (laughs) one of the women, or was it man? And I'm going to be dropping articles, of course. You guys can follow the Twitter or the Facebook pages for for the podcast. But I think it was a woman who discovered that her father was half black was passing and the mother was and he had passed on a lot of times these people find out stuff after these people have died which I always find so curious because I'm like imagine if you find this information and you can really face your grandparent or your father or whatever and say yo what was going on you did upset it so but she discovered this about her father who had passed and the mother, to me, it was wild because the mother was like, oh, my goodness, I slept with a black man and I had children. You know, it's that kind of thing. And it's wild because I think her father wasn't even, he was basically like one-fourth black. Like his, he didn't have a directly black parent, but his parent had a black parent, if that makes sense. So it wasn't completely, you know, to me, which I think is black But that's, again, a story for another day. Anyway, this concept, and I'll post these articles. Oh, this was a man. I see it at the top. (laughs) It's a man. Um, So this concept is so wild because basically this article, this man who was noticing, I mean, who found this out, took this DNA test to prove that he was black or whatever so that he could file a lawsuit and say that, hey, because I'm this, you know, three-seventeenths 
black person, I shouldn't be discriminated against. I should have more opportunities. Basically throwing that affirmative action bullshit out there. And so what the door, the open door does of finding out this stuff about your DNA is that now people are going to start be trying to claim stuff. And it's like, baby, you're white. You've lived the white experience. You're not even passing. Boo. You know, saying you're 4% black. Is like saying I'm 4% ant if an ant bites me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not making sense. So, <laughs> this concept has really just, it's evolving in this way where the taboo is being lifted and people are really starting to discover what that meant in history as black people were having to give up to all ties with their family members to go to the other side, to live the white life, quote-unquote, and so the book Passing, <laughs> let's bring it all together, is about that. It's about two friends. It's about one can pass but doesn't. And then one who is passing. And, you know, and then there's this part of the book where you're like, okay, does the woman's husband know? The one who is passing. But then there's that concept also what it brought to me when I was reading it is like in general, in real life, because this Arthur was writing off of, which many Arthurs did back then, writing off of experience. But then there's that idea that, okay, people were passing, but how, how much were they passing? Like their spouse, how much did they know? Clearly this man's husband, I mean, this man's mother going back to the article, <laughs> didn't know. You know, she's like, Lord, I had said, you know, even though her husband wasn't technically black, um, but he had black within him biologically. But there's that concept, and it's just like, wow. In this book, I just want y'all to read it, Passing by Nella Larson, because it's like, yo, <laughs> the... The way that she writes it, I think obviously, well, you may not, it may not be that obvious, but for me, it was ahead of its time because it was written so long ago, but it had that vibe of this could be a story you could, you could have read in an article, you know, um, 20 years ago and been like, wow, that's crazy. And it's just the way it's written, I'll get more into it as we keep going. Well, not necessarily as we keep going, but <laughs> next week I'll get more into it of how I love the different character setups and what I think about the writing style itself. I don't want to get too deep into it, but just know clearly it it excites me. The book, the concept, how what people are how people are using it today to benefit them. And honestly, when it comes to because there was something about in the news about affirmative action recently, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody was trying, they were trying to, who was it? I forget. It wasn't, a, it wasn't white people. I mean, even though that fight has been back and forth, but it wasn't white people. It was another group of people, another race of people who were trying to say, you know, affirmative action wasn't working for them. So let's lift it. So they were trying to fight it. And I don't want to say which race, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I want to be more, maybe after this, I will 
you know, find the article and post it later. But another race was saying, yo, let's get rid of affirmative action. And it's like, here's the real kicker about it. Honestly, at this point in time, this day and age, you could easily get rid of affirmative action. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and affirmative action, what people don't know, wasn't just for the black peoples. It was actually for being a woman, being disabled. It was a lot of different things that were a part of affirming that action of not being discriminated. So, you know, it's interesting when people start wanting to ride out in the streets to say, oh, the blacks, you know, are benefited from this, you know, yeah, eh, eh. Believe it or not, some people are just that great and can get in places and just be that great. But I think in my lust for chaotic, uh, what is it, chaoticism or my lust for knowing that when things fall apart, things come together, in so many words, I would love to see them do away with affirmative, affirmative action. And let's really see. You know, what's going on in society? We can do it. You know, there's a black hole that's around. We got different stars that could destroy us within a few days. Listen, we might as well. Let's just see what happens at this point. Since people like to play, let's just do it is how I'm feeling about it. So let's go to some, you know, darker news, unfortunately. But... There is a girl, and I'm going to try to real quick find her name. Her name is Shaquella. Hold on, y'all. Shaquella Robinson was founded in Mexico. She was with six other friends. The after the first day she was there, they called and said, your daughter's dead. She had alcohol poisoning. She said she wasn't feeling well, right? Come to find out, the autopsy says that she broke her neck and injured her spinal cord or something like that. I'm Again, I don't want to read the article to y'all per se, but I'm just kind of giving you the rundown. And... This girl, these friends, after calling the parent, they left it at that, continued on with their birthday, continued on with their vacation, came back without the girl's body. The parents had to spend $6,000 or more to get retrieve their daughter's body from Mexico because they left it there. And the controversy is... To me, comma, and this is, you know, allegedly, you have to say that word, allegedly, which I hate that word, but allegedly, she, to me, seemed like she had died from something else. And there was a video that was posted recently where there was a person who was fighting Shaquella, Shanquella, and the injuries that they say happened based off the autopsy to me reflected through that video of the fight. Where it really wasn't a fight, it was a person beating on 
Shanquella. You know, with friends like these, I really just, I it, this is so tragic to me because there's nothing like having your life stop because of a tragic incident and then continuously having to, and then being at a standstill and in the world around you is just going on and you're still just in this place of tragedy. And her parents, I know are suffering and (laughs) is, is basically looking to me allegedly like a murder. And it's like, yo, like y'all in Mexico, y'all supposed to be having a vacation. What the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? And I still don't understand. I think it blew my mind about the fact that they continued on their vacation. Her body was sitting up in Mexico, and they're continuing on their vacation, their birthday party. She's dead. These are supposedly supposedly six of her friends. Then the video gets released. Then I saw something on Twitter last night. Where one of the friends, quote unquote, that she was with, Shanquella was with, had raped somebody who was on Twitter. And was saying this, man, I said, Lord, I can't. This kind of shit pisses me off so bad because it's like, yo, why? It's just so much involved in it. Anyway. Just before this happened. Oh, and by the way, it took two weeks for her family to get her body back. So there's that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one thing after the other. And I mean, if you're like me, you watch and you engage in true crime type things. The tragedy of it all, the sickness, the innocence, the disregard of life. Me and my mom were talking about this the other day. People be sleeping at night. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for me to drive and kill a rabbit. But mofos is out here killing people and sleeping at night. And sleeping consecutively. No, they don't give a damn about who they murdered. They don't give a damn about whose child they took away. Nothing. Just sleeping and going on. And it's just like, Lord, why? What was wild is that before that happened, before... This article even happened or come came out. Three friends were found dead in Airbnb while in the same country, Mexico, from carbon monoxide poisoning. One of the girls was calling her boyfriend while she was suffering from what is known as different um, symptoms of carbon monoxide. She was throwing up, feeling woozy, sick, you know, And she had called the boyfriend. This was weird. Called the boyfriend. Said that she was suffering or whatever. He kind of just hung up basically on her. Apparently. Allegedly. And next thing you know, she's dead the next day. And there's that thing, you know, of the uh, allegedly, quote unquote, the people who rented out their Airbnb had, had had different things going back and forth with you know, checking for the carbon monoxide, having the monitors, whatever. Apparently, they, the person wasn't cooperating, basically. But it, I guess it all led to it being okay. But then they, now it's three friends that are dead. 
you know, that that's crazy. And when I went to look up the article about the three friends in particular, I ran into a video that said after that, a few days after that, a few um, blocks down from where this happened, some Mexican people had suffered from carbon, carbon monoxide poisoning at their hotel or wherever they were staying at. Then I found out that thousands of people every year die from carbon monoxide poisoning at hotels. You know, then I found out that there was someone in, I want to say the Bahamas that died at a resort from carbon. I'm like, excuse, like, I don't understand how hard it is to have a carbon monoxide monitor in in a in a hotel. I just don't really understand. Not expensive. You know what I'm saying? You charging $700 a night, you can afford that to buy that for your establishment. The mindless desk. And it's like people are vac- these this is why people are wild people are vacationing. It's just sad. <sighs> um but yeah, I was just so shocked about the number of people that die from carbon monoxide poisoning and the different people in vacations. I'm thinking, you know, in a regular home, I kind of almost would see that more, even though that's horrifying as well. But, you know, goodness, on vacation? Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, that was a that was a wild ride of investigation. Well, I shouldn't say investigation, but that was just a wild ride of reading different articles and then seeing that video um, of those people. And it was just weird, and it's it's like to me, carbon monoxide is a, poisoning is a preventable death, you know. And I just don't understand why those places wouldn't take extra precaution because it's preventable. So, um, and it's I this is all tragic and horrible, and it's so interesting because before. Whenever, remember, I was saying, you know, I wanted to do a journal journey type, um, what do you call that? Part of the, I wanted to do a journal journey, journal journey part to the podcast where I talk about some, or I just read something from, randomly from my actual journal or diary, quote unquote, that's rela- that's a, during the same time as this, and I'm rereading it before I, you know, hearing about these people from Mexico, and I'm like, this is about friends. But anyway, so oh, and before I talk about that, my journal journey, you know, also, I just remember, I don't know if it was 2020 or 2019. There was a there there's was also a group of people that died and I believe it was Mexico from alcohol. The alcohol something was in alcohol. Um some people drowned. I don't know what it is about those and I think I've talked about this on the podcast in the very beginning about sometimes you have those themes of death for a moment. It's like, you know, there's just a slew of articles that come out and it's like Everybody's died the same way, either in different spaces or in the same space. And you're like, what is that? It's like the, the spirit of death. It's it's horrifying. 
Um, anyway, so the journal journey for today is from November 9th, 2020. Okay. And it reads, I am fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who would distract me from facing my poverty. Interesting. However, as I tune into the world via social media and the news, I must, I again must face that I am without many of my wants and desires, that I cannot afford much of anything on my own. Interesting. I realize many of the opportunities I may have been offered would have only led to a quality of life which would entail blood and tears. It appears to get even it appears to get even a glimpse of my wants requires me working harder than I should and sacrificing almost everything I hold dear and almost exclusively my time. Okay, that was kind of deep. And so in a world like this, being oneself is absolutely surviving so that I can hopefully, eventually, and finally get what I am owed for having worked and sacrificing everything. I don't get that last sentence, but that was interesting. That was the journal journey for November 9th, 2020. So, this episode was kind of sad. Not going to lie, but... I'll be posting those articles about those horrific things that happened just for you to get more details and clarity. Please go and buy the book Passing by Nella Larson. If you get a chance, please read it. That's the book of the month. And always remember, when your head is in the clouds, there's always something sweet to think about.